Welcome to Tube Talk, the show dedicated to helping you become a better video creator so you can get more views, subscribers, and build your audience. Brought to you by vidIQ. Download for free at vidIQ.com. Oh, yes! Welcome back to another episode of Tube Talk presented by vidIQ. I am your host, Viper, the man about tech executive producer here at the IQ. And today, we are going to talk about something that I think almost every creator has thought about at one time or another. What would it be like to go viral? I know, I know. Don't tell me that you have never thought about going viral as a creator, because if you tell me that, I'm going to call your bluff. I don't believe you. This is something that I think all of us have thought about at one time or another, especially if you are a follower and supporter of vidIQ. You want to know how to grow your channel as fast as possible. And there aren't many faster ways to grow a channel than going viral. But virality in itself isn't always the answer. And sometimes you can go viral the wrong way. But today I have a guest here on the podcast, Miss Sarah Fay of the Travels of Sarah Fay YouTube channel, who has gone viral on YouTube. And she's going to join us today to talk to us about the journey of her going viral on YouTube. Like, how does it feel to go viral? What was happening when she went viral? How did she capitalize on one of her videos going viral? All of the things that you want to know once you have that viral moment or if you ever achieve that viral moment, what is it like? A lot of them want to know. So we're going to dig into that today on the podcast. But I did mention a minute or so ago that going viral might not be what you think it is. I have heard stories, countless stories of creators who went viral for a piece of content that they did not necessarily want to go viral for. Because the problem is, if you ever go viral for a piece of content that maybe you were doing an experiment with, or maybe it was a piece of content that you're not really passionate about, your heart is not into it, you were just trying it to try it and you went viral, then what happens is that all the people that come in from that viral moment, that's all they want from you moving forward. I was actually having a a discussion in the clubhouse room the other day about actors who can't escape the shadow of their breakout role. Some examples are Kiefer Sutherland. I mean, you might know him as Kiefer Sutherland, but you probably better know him as Jack Bauer from the hit show 24. So if you saw him in the street, you probably wouldn't call him Kiefer Sutherland. You will call him Jack Bauer because that role was so big, so iconic that that is what he is known for in the mainstream. So if you have a moment like that as a creator and you become known for that viral piece of content, your fans or especially your new fans are going to expect you to follow up on that viral content. And if it's not content that your heart is into, then you're stuck because it's very, very difficult to escape leaving that viral shadow once you have that viral piece of content. It's next to impossible. I'm not saying it can't be done, but it is very, very difficult to do. Luckily for today, yes, she does not fall into that category because she went viral for content that she does on a regular basis. So she was able to capitalize and she is continuing to capitalize off of her viral moment because it is content that she is genuinely passionate about and it's content that she was already doing on a regular basis. But... What is virality like? Let's roll to the podcast and talk to the viral queen herself. 
So, welcome back to another episode of Tube Talk presented by VidIQ. And this week, I have a noted travel blogger on the show with me, Miss Sarah Faye. Hello, Sarah. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm really excited to be here. We're always talking on Coffee Talk on Clubhouse, so I'm really glad to be on the show. I'm excited to have you here, too. I appreciate you making the time, so thank you. I'm curious. We're going to talk all about your YouTube journey and recent events and all that good stuff, but I got to know. What brought you to YouTube? Well, what actually brought me to YouTube was the start with short form content when I was traveling. I always had like a travel blog, like my Instagram, but then I had started to get more comfortable with stories and being in front of the camera. And then I started doing short form content on different platforms. And then once I went viral on another platform, it kind of got me really interested in video. I started watching more YouTube travel content creators and during COVID, you know, you see, um, you want to see where you're going to, right? You have a lot of written content out there for these places, but things are constantly changing. So I thought being able to share in long form content on YouTube, my travel experiences show what it's actually like on the ground where I'm going was really important. And to like help these businesses, places had been shut down for 18 months, 24 months, I thought this was the best way to do it. So I you know, kind of ripped off the bandaid and started doing YouTube because it wasn't natural to me at first. And now I'm really starting to get the hang of it and really enjoying like the community that is on YouTube. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about this because I was looking at the history of your channel and you just started a year ago, which means you literally started your YouTube channel during the pandemic. And I'm kind of mind blown by that because you're a travel blogger, you're a travel uh, creator. So your whole like content strategy revolves around you traveling around the world. But with an ongoing pandemic, that kind of becomes a little bit more difficult. So how did you navigate that being a travel creator, but having your travel really limited during the pandemic? So when I started kind of my travel blog, it was around all this time during the pandemic, I knew that there was going to be like an uphill battle. But it was also something that, you know, a lot of people do for like their own mental health, like, you know, getting outside and, you know, connecting with other people and that all just stopped. And one thing that I like to share when I like in the beginning of it all, like was how you could still travel kind of in your own backyard. So I started to show things like on my travel blog, at least a lot getting more outdoors, doing more outdoor activities. So like on my YouTube channel, you can see I like did share a, you know, a road trip to Utah where I like did a lot of hiking, a lot of outdoor things so that there were ways to still travel and do, you know, like gradually I moved up to then doing more international travel as things got better with having a vaccine and booster. And I followed like, you know, the international rules and show that and how to get to these places. But I just kind of built up to seeing like what people were okay with, you know, at the time, like I didn't want to like be necessarily traveling internationally when everybody was just stuck at home. So I showed more like road trips and things around Florida too. Ah, okay. That would be a good way to go about it because like you said, it would kind of not make a lot of sense for you to be traveling internationally during a pandemic when most people are pretty much locked up at home and they can't go anywhere. So mm -hmm. the way that you handled that it was pretty cool and pretty, uh, pretty smart actually. During the last like two years, I like doing outdoor things, but when I was traveling, I was able to like see places in a whole new way. You know, I might've, you know, went out and did like more nightlife stuff like earlier on before the pandemic. But now it was like more so showing the natural side of a place as well. Like, you know, going outdoors. Like I, when I was in Colombia, I just taped myself doing paragliding, something I would not have done prior to the pandemic probably. 
I've done like a few hikes to volcanoes. You know, it really got me outside of my comfort zone and really wanting to like appreciate all those experiences that much more, even when they were like something that I might not have done before. So that's kind of how the pandemic changed my way of travel as well. Yeah. And pretty amazing that you started a travel channel during probably the most difficult time in the history of YouTube for travel creators and you made it work and now you're thriving. So I want to talk about your building a van and your van life, because I thought you did some content like that on your YouTube channel where you were living out of a van for a little bit and you started making van life videos. How did you come about building a van or, or, or making a van to travel around? Yes, I had bought a van and I've been, you know, slowly converting it because it's a lot of work. That's why my channel is not necessarily about how to build a van because I'm not an expert at it. And that's one part of my traveling. You know what I mean? I like camping and outdoors things, but right. I wouldn't say a van life YouTube creator. There's people that, you know, they show their daily living in a van. You know, I live in a house when I'm not traveling on the road, but that's like the way that I like to road trip. When I have my van, I have everything with me. I can like sleep in it if I want to. It's not even fully complete. It's not like an Instagram or a van. The van that you're talking about that went super viral was actually in California, a van life rental company. It's just one of the ways that I like to travel. I like to find unique experiences, whether that's glamping or van life or finding cool, you know, like people like finding tree houses or I'm trying to think of a place that I say that recently that was like I stayed in an Airstreamer in Atlanta, not like some, you know, huge hotel. And that was a cool way to see Atlanta. I was more like in a neighborhood and outdoors in a suburb. But yeah, so I have a van, I'm building it. I bought a used van. So right now it's actually in the shop, which I'm pretty sad about, but it's looking up like they found out what's wrong with it and the problem will get fixed. But that's definitely one thing you don't see a lot of is that, you know, if you're going to do the van life, be prepared, it's expensive cars break down and uh, you need to be prepared for that. You're not necessarily always going to show the bad, you know what I mean? All the huh, time. Yeah. And you keep some things private as a creator because you're going through them when you're going through them. But I definitely think I'll probably like share something about that experience as well, because I think there's all right. the like, you know, glorified van life stuff on YouTube and it all working out. But, you know, I'm in a lot of van life communities where I see them talking about like, you know, oh, I finished building out my van a week later. It got totaled in a car accident. You know, these things happen and stuff. So, yeah, I think that's also important to share. Like maybe van life horror stories. I'll have a short on that. Yeah, like it's a lot of creators don't show the the downs of their journeys and there's definitely downs. It's not all glamorous. But of course, we have to talk about your going viral. But before we get there, from talking to you for the first few minutes of this podcast, it sounds like what we're about to talk about isn't the first time you went viral. So have you gone viral another time too? Yeah, I've actually gone viral on different platforms. You know, I think some people go, I went into this like content creation. I knew travel bloggers, like I met them on the road when I was living and working overseas doing other jobs. And I knew that it was possible, you know, and I think going into that, like knowing that you could, you know, do this for a living was very important to me. And I love travel. I always got a lot of people asking me questions about it. So I started sharing things on different platforms. So on TikTok, I went viral. I had one video go to like 11 million views. And that was me, like the last trip I did internationally before COVID shut everything down. It was the Bolivia Salt Flats. And that video has gone viral on Pinterest. It's gone viral on, uh, I've had a few uh, Pinterest idea pins go viral as well. So I don't know the secret sauce to going viral necessarily oh, I don't really? are you sure about that? it's like i think it's just <laughs> creating consistent content you know what i mean and 
I wouldn't say I necessarily have a niche. I've like travel is my niche. I know some people go really in depth in one particular part of travel, you know what I mean? Whether it's like plus size travel or, you know, some people are climbing travelers. They just go all around the world and climb. But I want to show like I'm a solo female travel, you know, girl going around the world, trying new experiences that are outside her comfort zone. That's basically the theme of my channel. I like to show that I'm not a mountaineer, right? But I will try to go hike that 14,000 foot you know, mountain or go to, you know, I have asthma, I have different things, you know what I mean? But I'm pushing myself through those things to try these experiences. And I like to share them. And I think that helps like, you know, inspire people. Like if you're going to the salt flats, it's not just an easy way to get there. I took a bus to get to La Paz and then I took another overnight bus to get to Uni and then I took a three day tour to get there. So it's like you see that one clip, but then you realize, oh, like, I don't know, maybe it sparks people's interest of like, how did this person get there? They're in the middle of nowhere in this salt flat where you just see an expanse that looks like a mirror, you know, the sky is the floor. I think finding those like unique experiences and like capturing it in a certain way because obviously I wasn't alone because you have people in the comments like oh how is she out there by herself and I was like oh I was on a tour with like five other people I wasn't alone in the salt flats of Bolivia but kind of sharing those like kind of amazing once in a lifetime experiences that I'm so grateful that I can have those experiences over and over again mm -hmm. I think I'm floored that like I've been able to you know go to Tikal and be able to be one of like five people in the whole park you know in the morning to watch the sunrise and mm. this has just been such an amazing experience like honestly sometimes I've been pinching myself because I'm like this is actually happening I worked really hard to get here but being able to work with like travel brands and tourism boards and stuff is just been amazing and being able to share that and show how others can have that experience, especially if they're traveling solo, like going to places like South America. As a female traveler, a lot of people, you know, they see the news, they think it's dangerous for females to go there. And I like going there to show like the amazing experiences, people taking me into their house and sharing like their culture with me and not being scared, you know, as I do it. Because yeah, you might get some hairy situations, but I can also have that at a Greyhound bus stop in Florida. You know what I mean? Yep. I just like sharing it across platforms because I think there is a different audience on every platform and I can, you know, reach different people that way. Definitely. So I know you talked about going viral on TikTok and there's definitely a merit to being viral on TikTok. But in my opinion, it is another matter entirely to be viral on YouTube or go viral on YouTube. Now, if I have my information correct, the video in question didn't go viral immediately. It, it took a, about a few months before it kind of blew up. Yeah. When did you know that that video on YouTube was starting to go viral? Yeah, because that video I posted like June 23rd, like, you know, a few days after my birthday and stuff. And when I posted it, it got maybe I think like, you know, a few thousand views or two, you know what I mean? Just a few thousand. And then out of nowhere, like it was December. I actually ended up getting Omicron at some point and then I'm like stuck in my bed, right? So this actually was a good thing to just watch the number go up because I was like in bed alone at home and I was like, what's going on? And my friend Ashley, she was like, oh, it's like going viral, Sarah. I think you're going to hit like 15,000 subscribers or something or, you know, this because it was just ridiculous, the numbers. I think it was at a few hundred thousand and I thought like, oh, yeah, it's going to stop, you know, but it just kept going every day. And it was getting picked up by the browse feature and it likes the shorts tab too, but it just started hitting the algorithm. It was getting recommended by big van life vlogs, you know, like Eamon and Beck, the van wives, 
some other blogger as well. So somehow my video was just getting put at the end of their video, I think, and also people searching for that during that time. Yeah, it just went super viral. It's so interesting to look at the analytics because you see where that video has been seen around the world. And it's just like kind of funny to think that so many people have seen it, you know, because YouTube's like a whole, as you said, going viral on YouTube versus TikTok. It's like, I feel like a lot of people go really super viral on TikTok and that, but seeing like the amount of people that it's been shown to somebody in another country I was traveling, they were like, your video has been seen. This is when it was at 55 million. Now it's at like 61 million, Ooh. I think. They were like, your video has been seen. If it was shown to the population of Australia, they would have watched it twice. And just hearing, you know, like it in a different light like that, I was just like, wow, that's kind of scary, but cool <laughs> that so many people have seen it. 61 million people at the time of this recording is how many views this viral video of hers has on YouTube. And it's a YouTube short too, which is even more crazy. But I'm just curious, since I didn't know before we started the podcast that you had gone viral before this, so you've gone viral multiple times. I guess my question is, how does one put themselves in a position to go viral? Is it just that, like you talked about earlier, maybe just consistently uploading content? And make sure you're uploading content in the same subject matter. And then when you do go viral, or I should say when, but if you do go viral, because it's, it's a pretty much a crapshoot, but if you go viral, uploading consistently, then you're ready to tackle that, right? Yeah. So I think what happened is, at least on YouTube, I had been posting since I started my YouTube channel, I posted long form content and short form content in between. And I think that posting that pretty consistently throughout that time, and it's all in the travel niche, so my channel was flagged kind of at least from when I looked at it on social blade as a travel channel that I was seen as a travel channel then when everybody started searching and they see that video they saw I had a library of content and I believe that definitely you know helped them hit the subscribe button right. because they weren't even seeing it from the short shelf they were seeing it from browse features so I think on people's home page is what it was sharing on and I think once they could see that I also had other content, I've had people comment, you know, on some of my older videos, like, you know, cause they saw the short form video that they like had come over to see the larger video. So I know there is people that are coming to my channel and seeing the other content I have and realizing that, oh, this is cool. She's traveling all around the world. She's traveling to these different places. It's not just, you know what I mean? Kind of like a one hit wonder. She also has other content I can go and check out for different places. Yeah. And they go over to my Instagram as well. People have shared that they've seen my YouTube videos. So they stayed at the place that I stayed at. They'll share me pictures of where they're saying, you know, that they're there right now. So that's the cool thing is that now that I'm reaching people, you know, in the beginning, when you become a travel content creator or a creator in general, you wonder if you're helping the people that you're trying to reach. And it's really special to me when people send me a picture of them on the holidays at a suggestion that I had and... So I'm glad that I'm finally like reaching that audience of the people. And, you know, it wasn't easy in the beginning because you're like publishing stuff and you're getting maybe like 50 views or, you know, 100 views. And then right. when you're starting to really reach, you know, a few thousand people or whatever, that it just helps me when I see that I've like helped one person. And that has helped me continue to get the motivation to continue to publish. But now I love YouTube. I'm trying to become a better editor, you know, because I'm right. not a cinematic editor. I'm trying to figure all that out. But I'm the perfect example for people that, you know, just want to start something, but they're not, you know what I mean? They don't feel like they have yeah. the best lens, the best you know, iPhone, you know, the newest iPhone, I'm using an iPhone 11. One of the videos that went viral actually on TikTok, it was with my Motorola. 
like, you know, a decent Motorola smartphone, but it was definitely not the Samsung camera, the iPhone. And that showed me that you can start with what you have and you can then grow from there. And even for me, I'm using like a Canon M50 camera and I'm going to continue to use that. And then maybe one day I'll switch over to a newer, nicer camera, but I don't need to do that right now, I think. Yeah, I think you're doing just fine with the equipment that you currently have. So I'm curious, how many subscribers did you have on your channel before that video went viral? Do you remember? Yeah, it was actually under a thousand because I was just trying to get monetized. And then I was just like, you know, I speak to people on like Clubhouse and different apps and that. And I try to help people in these rooms, their travel rooms, travel hacking. And I would say like, oh, yeah. And if you want to help me out, I'm trying to grow my YouTube channel. Like I have this many followers um, to a thousand. And my watch hours were doing good, though, because I know some people that go viral on shorts that once they hit the subscriber count or whatnot, they don't have the watch hours. But I always had long form content coming out. People were watching it like I was getting pretty good views for having under a thousand subscribers. And then when that video went viral, like it just I got monetized. Then I got the 10,000 subscribers. So I was getting story feature. I was like, what is this story? <laughs> I didn't know anything. I was learning on the fly. But you know, that's the cool thing is you don't know when you're going to go viral. But like, since I have had the experience on other platforms, I think it helped me being able to, you know, learn quickly the different features I was getting and how I could use that to continue to grow. Okay, so just for the listeners to clarify all the numbers real quick here. The video went viral in December. So that means at some point in December of last year, which is what, uh, four months ago, you had less than 1,000 subscribers, Sarah. Can you please let the listeners know how many you have right now? I have like 119,300 something. What? what? <laughs> you went from 1,000 to 119,000 and four? Bro. Wow. I reached 100,000. This is kind of funny. In uh, Hardeen, Colombia, it was a. Uh, February 14th. So it was Valentine's Day. So I was celebrating being single, but I was like, I have 100,000 people. <laughs> yes, thank you so much. Yes, I, I don't I need anyone, it. man. I have 100,000. I love it. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. But that just goes to show you how quickly your fortune can change on YouTube. In a span of two months, you were from 1,000 to over 100,000 subscribers. So obviously, you are literally living the YouTube dream of a lot of creators. A lot of people want that viral moment and you're living it. I got to ask you, how has your life changed since your channel gone viral on YouTube? So once I hit the 100,000, it was kind of suspicious. I was like, oh, how am I getting these emails from airline communications people? Like they were like, <laughs> oh, we have a new route from here to here. Would you be interested in going on this press trip? And other people started more so asking me not for exchange, but I'm getting a lot of emails from different properties, places like, oh, can you stay here? What's your rate? You know, they're asking me for payment upfront versus a lot of the times when you start travel blogging, a lot is in exchange. But now people are paying me for the work that I'm doing because when I've been going around, I've been cross promoting across channels for these places. And it's a lot of work. You know what I mean? I think right. sometimes the brands don't realize how much work you're your marketer, you're your salesperson, you're the editor, you're yep. creating the ideas. And now being able to, you know, show these people that like it works, social media, like for promoting travel is like doing well right now. And you should invest like in me because I will be able to you know, I might not be able to get your video to 61 million views, but I'm going to showcase it across 
places. And I can show them proof that it's not going to necessarily be within a few weeks, you're not going to get maybe the result you want, but like a month or two months later, come and show them what happens to those videos. Because sometimes, for instance, on Pinterest, I'll post something, it doesn't go viral right away. Three months later, I get an email saying, oh, this pin has reached 500,000 people. And I was like, oh, when I posted it originally, it only reached 2,000. So I think it goes to show don't delete a video. You know what I mean? You might have posted five months ago. It might not be doing well. Don't just delete it, you know, just a few days after because you don't think it performed because you don't realize that like five months later, you could go viral from that one short that you thought wasn't going to perform or a video that wasn't going to perform. But yeah, my inbox has gotten more busy trying to possibly hire somebody to help me uh, because, you know, I'm one person. I've been doing it all. And I know there's a lot of creators that have been. But being a travel creator, when you're on the road, you have sometimes things planned from 8 a.m. till 5 p.m. or 8 p.m. And then by the time you get home, you're dead tired because maybe you were just hiking all day. You were doing all these different tours. So I might be looking for like an editor or somebody to help me. I'm still going to edit my videos, but have somebody as well because I have so much content, which isn't a problem, which is good because I can come back home and, you know, also have like a good kind of work-life balance. I'm not always just having a camera in front of my face or, you know, always taking out my phone when I'm eating. So that's one thing my friends like about it, at least, or, you know, people that I'm out with is sometimes they're like, oh, I wouldn't expect you're like a influencer or that because when I'm with people, I like to connect with them and I put my phone or camera down sometimes. Yes, definitely. Definitely. That, that is good. I'm glad you do that. This episode of Tube Talk is brought to you by vidIQ's channel audit tool, a sort of report card for how your YouTube channel has been performing. When you're in your YouTube studio, the channel audit tool can be found on the left-hand side once you've installed vidIQ on either your Chrome or Firefox browser. As long as you've authenticated your channel, clicking on channel audit will give you a bird's eye view of your videos from the last 30, 60, or even 90 days. I personally use this tool to look for patterns with my content. What types of videos are currently getting the most views per hour? Which videos drove a lot of viewers to subscribe? What types of videos are my competitors creating and how do mine compare? What are the search terms bringing people to my channel in the first place? And if this is sounding like a lot of questions, well, that's probably because I ask too many questions. But that's why I love this tool, because I can get answers to all of them and more. You can access the channel audit tool for free when you download the vidIQ extension at vidIQ.com. I know we had the conversation a few days ago uh, offline or whatever, but I really hope that since you are now over 100,000 subscribers on YouTube and obviously you are big on TikTok as well, that you are charging people adequately for your services because I think you have definitely put in the work and you have proven that what you do is effective and that you have reached a lot of people and you will continue to reach a lot of people. So please, for all of us creators, I ask you, do not sell yourself short. Make sure you are charging these people the adequate amount of money that you deserve for the work that you do. Thank you. It's so great now too, because I feel like a lot of creators are very much more open to, you know, kind of share, like if you have questions, you know, of course you need to develop those relationships. Don't just DM people randomly. But uh, that's one thing that I've noticed is that as I've grown and done this at first, I went to a travel conference three years ago when I was thinking of becoming a travel blogger and I didn't know anybody. I didn't really have any, you know, relationships with people. I was just, you know, posting on my own Instagram channel and that. But realizing that these aren't just, you know, a platform for you to just share, but also to interact with others and like 
to be social because sometimes I think it's forgotten, you know, people just post things and they're not really interacting. And I'm trying to develop more of a community, especially with other travel bloggers and vloggers to work together so we can get paid adequately or to understand what the value is that we're doing. Because sometimes it's like, you know, you don't realize that you could do a video for free and it could go super viral that like, what's the worth of that video? You don't want everybody using it. You need to, you know, charge for them to use that video. And uh, I think uh, first, a lot of people start and they're like, oh, use this hashtag and we'll share it. We'll give you exposure. But most of the time, huh. this exposure, it really doesn't help the creator, you know, so you no. need to either get paid or, you know, tell people not to be able to use your content for life. Yes. You grow in confidence as you grow as a, you know, a creator. And as your platform grows, you realize your worth. And I'm glad that I'm like creating in a time where people are more open about it. You know, there's things like Clubhouse, audio apps, people are around for you to ask questions and develop relationships. So I think now it's a good time to be a creator. And I think travel is having a resurgence. People really need, you know, they want to promote their destinations because people don't know what's there. You could go on YouTube and I'll be watching a YouTube video for a place that I might be going. And I look up the places that these creators went before and they're closed or you know what I mean like the whole landscape is different so it's definitely a good time to get out there and share what you're experiencing because things have changed especially in travel and I think right now is a good time I'm help I feel like I'm helping the places that I visited and that makes me happy too I love how you said travel is having a resurgence are you kidding me travel is about to have an absolute boom with the world reopening up are you bro <laughs> travel, you travel creators are about to feast out here this summer oh my lord it's gonna be amazing for you all and I think that a lot of people stop creating during COVID or the pandemic or whatever we're calling it. I don't know right now. So I think that's one thing is I kept consistent through it all. And I think that's what's helping me now continue to grow. I was able to build a portfolio working with different brands. And maybe if I had started, you know, before when there was a ton of people that was a, you know, a travel creator, maybe I wouldn't have had some of those experiences. But I'm glad that some of the brands that I worked with early on, like took that kind of chance with me, because I'm a pretty ambitious person. I feel like I've developed a lot of good sales skills. And now it is all paying off for them as well. Because some of those videos went viral. And then they're like, Oh, this is cool. I remember I met somebody at a coffee shop. And it was for this small attraction in um, Chattanooga, Tennessee. It was on Lookout Mountain called Sea Rock City. I just made a short TikTok video. And um, I know this is about YouTube, but that video hit like 700,000 views and like a bunch of comments. And then people were like really interacting with it. So I thought that was pretty cool. It was just from coffee. And I talked to the owner and then they were like, oh, yeah, come for free. Then I created that video. That video went super viral or for that small attraction and people like went there and went to see it when they were visiting or had never heard of it and lived two hours away from it. So it definitely makes an impact, you know, these short form content and videos on YouTube as well. I think it will only grow. And one thing that I learned as like a creator across platforms is always hit the new features up first be like the one to use it, even when people are saying, oh, I don't like the way they look or, you know, I don't know what some of the some people didn't like that they look ugly on their channel or stuff like that. And I was kind of like, oh, I don't care if it looks ugly. YouTube will figure out how to make it look better at some point. You know what I mean? Because I started on Pinterest using, they call them story pins, and then it became idea pins. And I started early, then I became one of their Pinterest creators, like they picked 10. And then not only that, now I make money off of Pinterest, which is something that I would have never have thought of two years ago to make money off of Pinterest. 
And I think that would be another one of my like tips to people is always like, if you see something new, just because it's new and like some of the more seasoned creators don't like it, you should maybe try it because as a new creator, it's only going to help. They want to boost these products. They want to boost these new features. So I think that also helps, at least for my channel. I think that helped. I would say so. Absolutely. <laughs> so what are your plans for the channel moving forward? I mean, you obviously you are in a much different phase than what you were back in early December. So what are your plans? One thing that a lot of creators say is, you know, have a schedule for posting because I kind of, you know, I'm traveling. The upload speed isn't always the best at some places. I remember I was in Columbia, uploaded a video. It took me 12 hours. I was like <laughs> banging my head against the but that's one thing that I'm going to work on now, especially because, you know, there was like a gap of like 10 days where I didn't post a long form content. And I had people commenting like, oh, I'm glad. And then I posted a short and they were like, I'm glad to see you're OK. <laughs> or like, you know, because people are expecting to see things now, you know, and I need to create a schedule so that, you know, it holds me accountable. But also people know when to come to my channel and see my work. So I think that's the next step in hiring an editor to help me when I'm on the road. and. Yeah, so that's right now the plans for at least the logistics of the channel. But now for my channel, I'm kind of using the community tab feature as a way to kind of like test out where people might want to see me travel next. Because, you know, I have like a lot of opportunities. So I kind of like say, would you rather do this, this or this or this? And kind of getting an idea of what the people want. And those are also suggestions that I'm putting out there because those are ideas or places that I would like to go and see where they want it. And that kind of helps me choose where maybe that'll become a series one day, kind of like choose what <laughs> adventure that I go <laughs> on here. But I think that's a cool thing about the community tab that I have now yeah. to be able to see what the people want. That's all I mean. It has to be a nice way to get feedback from the people about the places that they themselves would want to travel. And if you could travel there for them and give them that feedback, that has to be helpful. Definitely. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So hopefully that happens. And um, also one day I'll like host like group trips. That's like my plan, at least. Nice. So before the podcast, I do my research about the creators that I talk to. And I mean, I, I knew you before I actually be on the podcast, but I went to the channel yesterday, Sarah, and I watched your channel trailer or whatever people call it these days. And oh, no. I, I did. And you uh, talked about something that you've been talking a lot about in this particular podcast. So I want you to talk more about it. And that is going outside of your comfort zone, because this is something that I talk about ad nauseum everywhere I go in the creative space. I always talk to creators about being willing to go outside of your comfort zone because nothing grows inside of your comfort zone. So talk about the different ways that you have gone outside of your comfort zone to reach the levels of success that you've achieved. Because obviously, if you get too comfortable, you're not going to elevate yourself. Yeah. Well, you know, just the first thing that I got comfortable with was being in front of the camera because that was outside of my comfort zone. I honestly mm. used to, when I was younger, like I was living in Europe. I have all these years where I lived in Europe, but I honestly didn't create that much content because I didn't feel comfortable, you know, taking photos or posing in front of a camera because of what other people might think. You know what I mean? You have those things in your head sometimes. So that was like me getting out of my comfort zone was first learning how to, you know, be comfortable taking photos in public alone and then being able to have a camera and not worry about you know, because I'm walking outside, people are all around me, I had to get more confident in, you know, talking to the camera when there might be, you know, people looking at me, I'll always have somebody behind me like yelling, hey, YouTube, because they know exactly <laughs> what you're doing. But that was like getting out of my comfort zone and just being able to get in front of the camera, travel around and vlog in public. But then how I see getting out of my comfort zone is like, you know, sharing that I'm not necessarily this like brave person that's fearless, 
Like I'm not fearless, you know, I'm a travel blogger, but I hate flying. Like flying makes me my stomach do cartwheels. But when I was in Colombia, one of the best places in the world to paraglide, I decided to finally like, you know, just do it. And on my flight back from Colombia, I wasn't that scared. I was like, okay, I'm in a plane now because I just ran off the second largest canyon in the world. <laughs> like, you know, it's just about showing people like those experiences, like how they're not, sometimes you make it so much worse in your mind, but then when you do it, you're just like, you go through this level of like kind of fear, but then you're just like, wow, this is amazing. You know what I mean? Just, I don't know how to explain it. It's like, whenever you finally get over that fear or that like kind of, anxiety you're having about something new it's always like so much better like I remember my first trip to South America right before that flight I was nervous I was like you know you see all the news about you know women travelers or women in the different countries but when I went there I was just blown away with the experiences I had the people that I like and met and then I had this awesome time in South America and I think that you know by showing people those things you know or showing those fears that you might have in sharing that and realizing that they're like, oh, that's kind of similar to me too. It just has helped. Like even on my Instagram post recently, one girl was like, oh, I want to go to South America solo, but I'm just like nervous. I'm, you know, afraid to go alone. And she travels all over the place to different countries. And I think finally, you know, like showing more people going to those places that are solo female travelers, like will just help other people. But yeah, I think those are different ways that I show myself going outside of my comfort zone. Like I don't like heights, but I went to do like a rock climbing via Ferrata in West Virginia. I just like trying to find experiences that push me outside of, you know, those fears or anxieties that I might have. But yeah, mm. there's always, yes. I just, yeah, I think it's just interesting how much I've changed from when I was in high school. You know what I mean? Like when you view that, like, I know that's a long time ago, but I used to be nervous to even, you know, I'd sit like, I, I played sports and I did all these things, but oh, like, in terms of like social anxiety as well, like being able to speak to strange, complete strangers or, you know, make new friends, like solo traveling and traveling has made me such a social person now. You know, I could go to a place and know nobody, but I know the resources and the ways to meet people. Like when I'm in another country, I've lived in three different countries and I've, you know, developed those skills. And that was like moving outside of my comfort zone, you know, just knowing nothing and just moving to a new country as well was just like one of those ways of just pushing myself. And then I grew so much and like, you know, just being able to have conversations with people from around the world that you might not necessarily meet. You know what I mean? Right. It just has changed my life. I'm so glad that like when I see something that I'm afraid of, I just, I don't run away. I move towards it. So I want to talk a little bit more about that if we can. It sounds like from listening to you, a lot of the, your overcoming your fears and getting outside of your comfort zone as it relates to you has to do with you wanting to make that content to help people that might want to have similar experiences. But I want to get a little bit more deeper if we can, because my question to you, Sarah, is it's one thing to want to create the content, but you still have to go over that mental barrier of overcoming that fear and being mentally willing to step outside of your comfort zone. And I think that's a big issue for a lot of people, just not content creators. But as it relates to content creators, there's a lot of people out there that want to start a YouTube channel, but such as yourself, they don't want to be in front of the camera, or maybe they don't like the sound of their own voice, or any number of factors that play into the mental hurdles that they have to overcome to step outside of their comfort zone. In your opinion, how does somebody get out of their head and more willing to step inside of their comfort zone? I think, well, just like I said, kind of baby steps like that's what I did you know I started with stories getting comfortable being in front of a you know camera more and speaking to it and even when I'm not 
perfect. You know what I mean? Which I'm not, you know, there's some people that they're great orators and whatnot, but I think just building up that level of confidence, you know what I mean? Like taking out your phone, even if you're not going to publish it anywhere and just like talking about what you're going through. Like if you want to be a travel content creator, you don't need to take a flight to Peru. You could go to your local coffee shop and help a local small business, you know what I mean? Out and just kind of like talk about your experience, like, oh, this new coffee shop. And even if you're not going to publish it, just have that and get that practice of, you know, talking in front of a camera in public and, or just practicing at home too. Mm, right. Uh, I think that is definitely a way that just start doing maybe short form content and then work your way to longer form content. I definitely think that it's possible to kind of build up. You don't need to just go from zero to, you know, 60 and be like right in front of a camera and publishing video. For me, I set a goal like when I created my YouTube channel that January 2021, I'm going to publish my first video. And it was getting to the end of the month, but I had made that goal, you know, for myself that I need to do this. You know what I mean? It's like now or never kind of thing. Right. And I had worked myself up to that point. You know, I did stories, I did short form content. And then it was like January 27th or I don't know, it was towards the end of the month. And I just made that four minute video. I knew it wasn't perfect, but I just wanted to start it. You know, I just needed to start it. And I think sometimes either setting like like a timeline of where you want to be in like a year could help you. Like maybe like in three months, I want to be able to do my first short, you know, or maybe that's too long or like a longer form video or start my channel so that within those three months, you work on those skills of being in front of a camera, doing some local like travel trips to get content and uh, then just sitting down and learning. To me, actually learning how to edit was a big mind hurdle to go over. Like I was like, do I need to do Premiere Pro? Do I need to like know how to put LUTs over the, you know what I mean? Filters. <laughs> yep. And I still don't know how to do that. And I'm going to learn that. That's like the next step for my channel too, is I want to become a better editor, take some classes online, but in the end realize, Baby step. yeah, like you just need to kind of create some small goals and then you'll reach that larger goal. But in the end, it's just kind of like, you need to just put it out there and realize that you're going to have people that don't like what you put out. And then there's people that you're going to reach that love it. And I think luckily I had made content on other channels before YouTube. So I've dealt with like, you know, bad comments and oh, yeah. like good comments. And yeah, I kind of got over that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely something that all of us content creators have to get over the trolls and the negative Nancy's and everything. But I like how you said uh, the baby steps as far as overcoming your fear, because like you said, excellently articulated, you shouldn't go from zero to 100. Like that's not how you overcome your fears. I love how you said take baby steps. Even like practice making content, even if you're not going to put it on any platform, just practice doing that. So when you do get ready to feel comfortable enough to put it out on a YouTube or TikTok or Twitter, you'll be there. But you won't get there just trying to go from zero to 100. You have to take those baby steps to work yourself up to a point that you feel confident enough to put it out there. So I love how you said that. Yes. And, you know, another example of that is, uh, you know, when I was traveling to like Morocco and to Dominican Republic and that I... You know, some people always have their big camera and it's on a gimbal and, you know, you mm -hmm. want to make it look cinematic. But for me, I'm traveling solo. So for my own safety and not wanting to, you know what I mean, go around with like a thousand dollars in my hand right. like that, I, you know, got a smaller camera because I wanted to be able to be like less uh, noticeable while I'm vlogging. So it's like cool that there's things like the Osmo Pocket 2 or the Pocket 2, you know, so I have that camera and I love it because I can literally take it out. Say if I'm eating, you know, alone at a restaurant or that and I want to vlog it, I don't need to take necessarily a big camera out 
and like have everybody in the restaurant look at me. So I think also like as you're growing now, there's so many things that you can use, even just like the phone that's smaller to start getting more comfortable in realizing that like you don't necessarily need to be this like cinematic, like, you know, person if you don't want to be or if that's not like where your channel's at right now. And also another tip I have is I liked looking at huge creators, their oldest videos, mm. like just going to their oldest videos, because then it just shows you like, don't compare yourself to their, like, you know, middle or their, like, you know, peak right. when you see that they started just with a GoPro, you know, traveling around the world. And I think that's, like, the best thing that I did, too, is I saw that, you know, you don't need to be perfect in video one or two or three. And people, other people say you need to make 100 videos before it even becomes, like, good. So, I mean, I think that's a good way to look at it as well. So you realize that those people built up those skills over time that you're seeing. But yeah, that's another advice I would give people. Yeah, definitely got to put the work in. So Sarah, you are a successful travel blogger, travel videographer. You've been doing it for over a year, over 100,000 subscribers. And like I said earlier in the podcast, I think that this summer is going to be a lot of traveling for people because the world is beginning to open up a little and things like that. So for inspiring travel creators out there who want to get to Sarah Faye level hype, but they're just starting out, maybe they can't afford to go all over the world yet. What would be your advice to somebody just starting out making traveling content who wants to do that? Definitely my advice would be, you know, you might not look at traveling like in your own town or city as traveling, but people are searching for that. And just because you are like, say if you say, oh, nobody wants to come here or that, like it's a maybe a second city, you know what I mean? As they say sometimes, like say if you live, I'm not, I don't want to call out any city, but basically <laughs> somebody's searching for it. And like, there's something about people say like sometimes low lying fruit, you'll see people do like videos on towns or cities that nobody else made a video on yet. You could start there because there are people searching for it somewhere. And it, if they're not searching for it necessarily on YouTube, it could show up in Google search when they're looking at things to do in this place. You know, like I did a video on Rabat Morocco recently, and I didn't expect that one to do really well, but not a ton of people had made a lot of videos on that. And I think that's why it got picked up in Google search. And it was a recent video. People are looking at it now that travel is reopening. So I think that if you can't go international, I think it's perfect to do little day trips from where you're staying. You know what I mean? Like weekend trips or just, you know, showing like local businesses that you want to support and building it up that way. Right. I've seen like even travel bloggers, like they do things like save like you're vegan. They'll do like the seven best vegan restaurants in the town they're in. And that video does really well because nobody did that made that piece of content, you know, and if you're passionate about that, then it shows through. So I think that you could make content literally about anything, even like the smallest things. And during COVID, I had to do that. Like I made content of like in this wasn't on my YouTube channel, but the best bike trails in Orlando, and nobody had really done something on that. And I made a short video. It's like one of my oldest videos. It's kind of embarrassing. And you know, that article did well. And maybe it also was the fact that I had the article and the YouTube video connected. I don't know. But you know, there's something you can make a video about anything. I think that's the number one thing. And traveling, it can be in your own backyard. It could be going to like, I go to the Springs in Florida a lot. It could be the spring you go to, you know, the park you go to play volleyball at every weekend. There's just so much. I think, yeah, just start small at home and then build your way up maybe weekend trips or like smaller trips. It doesn't need to be international. Somebody's searching for what you're going to do. Like, I think there's an audience for everything on YouTube. I would agree. There's definitely an audience for everything for sure. 
Sarah Faye, it's been amazing talking to you. Once again, I appreciate you making the time. So thank you. Before we get out of here, though, if the people want to follow your journey, your travels, where are the best places for them to do that? Well, definitely on YouTube, please. If you're listening to this, go follow me and subscribe at Travels with Sarah Faye. I'm also on Instagram, Pinterest, and TikTok. So you'll be able to find me almost anywhere. And I really hope, let me know if you found me from this podcast. Awesome. Shout out to all of you all listening to another episode of Tube Talk. I appreciate you guys being here for this episode. For Sarah, I am Viper. I will be back next week with another episode of Tube Talk presented by Vid IQ. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Tube Talk brought to you by VidIQ. Head over to vidiq.com slash tube talk for today's show notes and previous episodes. Enjoy the rest of your video making day.